Good morning and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Wednesday, January 24th. On today's show, a Thai court dismisses the media shares case against a popular progressive politician, but the party's future still remains in doubt. Plus, Trump continues to make history as he powers toward the Republican nomination. And Biden wins the New Hampshire primary, according to AP. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a significant development in Thai politics, where Pita Limjaro and Rat, who led his party to a remarkable electoral victory on a campaign that threatened to disrupt the country's powerful conservative establishment, has escaped disqualification from politics. However, the future of his party, the Progressive Move Forward Party, remains uncertain. James, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to discuss this further. So James, what was the case against PETA about? David, the case against Peter alleged that he violated election rules by running for office while holding shares in a media company, the long-defunct broadcaster ITV. Thai law prohibits members of parliament from owning or holding shares in media companies. However, the Constitutional Court dismissed the case, with eight of the nine-member panel of judges ruling in favour of Peter. They stated that since ITV had not operated since 2007, before Peter applied for the party list candidacy, he had not violated the constitution. What was the reaction to the verdict? Supporters of Peter, who had gathered outside the court, began chanting PM Peter after the verdict was read, referring to his bid to become prime minister. They held placards reading, we will always support the party, and mocked the election commission that brought the case to court. What's the significance of this ruling for PETA and his party? This ruling is one of two highly anticipated verdicts that could ultimately see the Move Forward Party, Thailand's most successful party at the last election, dissolved, and bans and criminal charges levied at its leaders. The party gained a huge following among young Thais during the 2023 general election for its reformist platform. However, it was prevented from forming a government as it failed to win support from a big enough majority of parliamentarians over its royal reform agenda. Peter resigned as leader of the party, which is now in opposition. What's next for Peter and the Move Forward Party? The fate of the Move Forward Party and Peter hangs in the balance until the Constitutional Court delivers another ruling on January 31st. This ruling will determine whether Peter and the party sought to overthrow the monarchy through his election campaign to amend the kingdom's notoriously strict Lesser Majeste law. It's worth noting that Peter remains popular, especially among younger Thais who have been calling for political and royal reform. How does this case fit into the broader context of Thai politics? Thailand's political history has seen parties pushing for change often run afoul of the powerful conservative establishment. Lawmakers have faced bans, parties have been dissolved, and governments have been overthrown. Thailand has witnessed a dozen successful coups since 1932, including two in the past 17 years. The Election Commission, Anti-Corruption Commission, and the Constitutional Court are all dominated by members in favor of the establishment. This case is another example of the ongoing struggle between progressive forces and the conservative establishment in Thai politics. Thanks for the insights, James. 
Now, let's shift our focus to the political arena, where Donald Trump is on a roll, winning his third consecutive Republican nomination. The former president has won the first two presidential nominating contests, the New Hampshire primary and the Iowa caucuses, despite facing numerous legal challenges and the lingering memory of his assault on democracy on January 6, 2021. However, his sole remaining GOP rival, former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley, refuses to drop out, leading to a tense situation. Michael, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to delve deeper into this. Can you tell us more about Trump's current position in the GOP? Yes. Trump's victories in New Hampshire and Iowa are a testament to his political survival. Despite his second impeachment and the possibility of being a convicted felon by November's election, he's managed to consolidate his party around him at an unprecedented rate. His legal problems have actually helped him paint a narrative of political persecution, which has drawn his political base even closer to him. Moreover, Exit polls show that about 80% of Trump's voters deny the legitimacy of Joe Biden's 2020 election, highlighting how Trump has used election denialism to fuel his political comeback. And what about Nikki Haley? She's not backing down, despite heavy pressure from Trump's camp. What's her strategy? Haley is attempting to portray Trump as a figure of the establishment, but this tactic seems to be more theoretical than practical. She's pushing for hawkish foreign policies and deficit reduction, essentially trying to revive the pre-Trump Republican Party's establishment policies. Despite failing to secure a win against Trump in New Hampshire, she insists on continuing her campaign, promising to engage in what appears to be an uphill battle in her home state, which holds the next big primary. Trump seems to be in a unique political position. Can you elaborate on that? Indeed, Trump is in a unique position. Even though he lost the election, he never relinquished his hold on the GOP, which is unusual for an ex-president. He has always maintained his reputation as an insurgent outsider, which seems to resonate with his supporters. Despite Haley's attempts to portray him as an establishment figure, Trump is vowing a second term of retribution, signaling his intent to return to Washington and dismantle the existing system. Despite Trump's victories, there seems to be no concern among Republican voters that Trump can't beat Biden. Can you explain why? Biden's low approval ratings and the conservative media's focus on his age and perceived mental frailty may have convinced many voters that he'll be easy to beat in November. This perception has likely helped Trump, despite the core argument of Haley's campaign that Trump can't beat Biden. Trump's supporters seem to be confident in his ability to win the upcoming election. And what about Haley's decision to stay in the race? How is that affecting the dynamics? Haley's decision to stay in the race has irked Trump. However, it has given her team a new angle to exploit. Her campaign has responded to Trump's criticism by questioning why he's so angry if he's in such a good position. This could remind suburban and women voters who were alienated in past elections, why they turned against him. It's also likely to delight Biden's campaign, which has already started their general election attack machine against Trump. What's next for Haley? Does she stand a chance in the upcoming primaries? Haley faces a tough road ahead. The race is now turning towards her home state and the big Southern state primaries on Super Tuesday in March. These are Trump's strongholds, and her chances to pick off wins and convention delegates seem slim. 
However, her campaign argues that she's gaining more support every time she takes on Trump. Despite the odds, she's determined not to be pushed out of the race. That was Simply Politics reporter Michael shedding light on the ongoing Republican nomination race. Speaking of which, Donald Trump has just won the New Hampshire primary, solidifying his position in the race for the Republican presidential nomination and increasing the chances of a rematch against President Joe Biden later this year. This result is a blow to former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, who finished second despite significant investment of time and resources. With us to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about the implications of this result? Certainly, David. This win for Trump is significant, as it makes him the first Republican presidential candidate to win open races in Iowa and New Hampshire since both states began leading the election calendar in 1976. This indicates how rapidly Republicans have rallied around him, making him their nominee for the third consecutive time. Trump's victories in these early states demonstrate his ability to unite the GOP's factions firmly behind him, a strength he hopes to replicate as the primary expands to the rest of the U.S. What does this mean for Nikki Haley's campaign? Haley's path to becoming the GOP standard bearer is narrowing quickly. She won't compete in a contest that awards delegates until South Carolina's February 24th primary. As the state's former governor, she's hoping a strong showing there could propel her into the March 5th Super Tuesday contests. However, in a deeply conservative state where Trump is exceedingly popular, those ambitions may be tough to realize. A home state loss could prove politically devastating. And what about President Joe Biden? Biden won New Hampshire's Democratic primary via a write-in effort after the state party moved forward with its own contest. Biden did not appear on the ballot, but allies helped him beat a series of little-known challengers. However, Biden faces his own challenges, including concerns about his age and dissent within his party over his alliance with Israel in its war against Hamas. Trump's position in the contest is quite remarkable, considering he faces 91 criminal charges related to various issues. How is he managing to turn these vulnerabilities into an advantage among GOP voters? Trump has argued that the criminal prosecutions reflect a politicized Justice Department, though there's no evidence that officials there were pressured by Biden or anyone else in the White House to file charges. Trump has nonetheless repeatedly told his supporters that he's being prosecuted on their behalf an argument that appears to have further strengthened his bond with the GOP base. How is Trump balancing his legal challenges with his campaign? Trump faces a logistical challenge in balancing trials and campaigning. He has frequently appeared voluntarily at a New York courtroom where a jury is considering whether he should pay additional damages to a columnist who last year won a $5 million jury award against Trump for sex abuse and defamation. He has turned these appearances into campaign events, holding televised news conferences that give him an opportunity to spread his message to a large audience. Thanks for the updates, Bella. Now, shifting gears to the political landscape, President Joe Biden's campaign is gearing up for the general election, with several of his top West Wing advisors set to transition to his re-election campaign. This comes as former President Donald Trump rapidly consolidates the GOP primary. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Politics. 
Can you tell us more about these transitions within Biden's team? Certainly, David. Biden's 2020 campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon, is set to become the campaign chair for his re-election efforts. Her move from the White House to the campaign could happen sooner than expected due to Trump's swift move towards the Republican nomination. Another top Biden advisor, Mike Donilon, will also transition to the campaign as its chief strategist, focusing on messaging and paid media strategies. And when are these changes expected to take place? These transitions are set to occur in the coming weeks, according to campaign officials. This clearly signals that the Biden campaign is already shifting into general election mode. What has been the response from President Biden regarding these changes? Biden has praised O'Malley Dillon for leading his winning campaign in the midst of a historically challenging environment in 2020. He also stated that no one knows my voice and values better than Donilon. Biden thanked both for their service in the White House and expressed gratitude for their commitment to his re-election campaign. What's the rationale behind moving some of the West Wing staff to Biden's 2024 headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware? The move is designed to assuage concerns from leading Democrats, including those in former President Barack Obama's orbit, that the campaign has not adequately prepared for the fight ahead. The campaign's headquarters in Wilmington will work in conjunction with Julie Chavez Rodriguez, who will remain campaign manager. What has been the reaction to Chavez Rodriguez's role as campaign manager? Chavez Rodriguez, who was previously the director of the White House Office of Intergovernmental Affairs, has faced criticism from some staff and leading Biden supporters. They've complained about a lack of direction and believe that the decision to choose someone without previous campaign management experience shows a lack of seriousness about the challenges ahead for the 2024 campaign. However, her defenders argue that she was at a disadvantage with most of Biden's inner circle in the West Wing, retaining control of all significant decisions for the campaign. What's the current state of the campaign given Trump's consolidation of the GOP primary field? Trump's consolidation of the GOP primary field in the first two nominating contests was something the Biden campaign had long planned for. However, Biden is currently facing low approval ratings and polling in key battleground states reflects a tight potential rematch with his predecessor. The Biden campaign's internal research shows that most of the undecided voters they're targeting do not appear to believe that Trump is likely to be the Republican presidential nominee. As such, O'Malley, Dillon, and others will be working to change minds as voters begin to tune in. That was Simply Politics reporter Celeste. Thanks for the insights. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.